the Great West College Hockey Podcast from the Summer Skate Studios is brought to you by Liberty University. Bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast. See us at liberty.edu. M-Drive, honest ingredients, real science. Take our quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which of our products is right for you. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. With Caesars Rewards, members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. UNLV Hockey. Follow the Skate and Rebels championship aspirations all year long. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Drury and Suites. Travel happy again. Book your room at one of our over 150 locations at druryhotels.com. Burrito Express. Your local burrito joint with six East Valley locations. University of Arizona Hockey. Be part of building not just a championship culture, but the future. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game in comfort and style. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. For lunch at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, your next Allegiant Stadium event, or catering your next office party. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans. It's been a while since we talked some ACHA hockey. Scott Strandy with you tonight from the 16th floor of the beautiful Rio All Suites Hotel in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. And about, I don't know, 10, 15 feet away from me is my co-host tonight. Stephen Marsh came to join me after we feasted on a little Jesse Ray's barbecue. And um, we're doing the show from the same room. Doesn't happen often. Stephen, how are you tonight? Yeah, I think I can count on my fi- on my hands how many times we've done the show in the same room. Uh, we've done it a few times since we've done this, but you know, you're usually, you know, all over the country, and I'm usually well st- stuck here in Las Vegas. But <laughs> or a case or when I go and you're not, you know, when I was at the ACHA tournament. But yeah, we're in the same room, and and uh, so we'll see how this goes being in the same room. But uh, it's been a while since we've done a show like this. We've been off and on to the last month because of the. Uh, AC, uh, because of the AHL playoffs and everything going on, but uh, that's on hold until next week because the Eagles are in, in the next round. But but yeah, it's exciting to to be here. It's finally starting to feel like summer. Is it's coming up? Is it's going to be about a hundred degrees tomorrow? Yeah, hundred degrees. It's exactly what I needed. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, as I said, we are high above. Uh, I don't know Tropicana. No, not Tropicana. Flamingo. Uh, just down the street from us. So uh, another beautiful day in Las Vegas, Nevada. Was out and saw some clients today and got a little uh, stuff done. Uh, always great to be in Las Vegas. Of course, it's one of our, let's call it a hub. Yeah, can we call it a hub, Stephen? We've got uh, Las Vegas, Scottsdale, Denver. Pretty soon it's going to have to be San Diego because things are firing up in San Diego. And tonight, in about oh, 10 minutes or so, we're going to bring on our special guest, the assistant coach, from the Aztecs, uh, Clark Oliver is going to join us. So looking forward to talking SDSU hockey. Yeah, I know you're looking forward to opening up that San Diego bureau there and, and spending more time in California by the beach like you got to do uh, this week in, while you were in California for the, uh, the rain and the uh, Eagles. Uh, that series ended, of course, in three games. So I think your time there was a little bit shorter than, than it would have been. But 
You did get to spend one day down there by the beach, which I'm sure was nice. Yeah, my sunburnt legs, shoulders, and arms will tell you that I spent plenty of time by the beach. I, I don't need to spend any more there. Uh, but anyway, it's great to be back talking ACHA hockey. Uh, San Diego State, one of two teams in the West anyway, one of four teams that I know of that were making the jump this year to uh, ACHA Division One, And it's exciting times because everybody told us, Stephen, during the pandemic, I said, look out, uh, hockey's going to have problems. The finances are going to get to it. Hockey teams are going to disappear. It's going to be the death nail. It's been absolutely the complete opposite. The uh, the teams are coming on board and they're making move uh, toward the next level. And we're thrilled to add San Diego State to our coverage area. Um, we know they'll be in our neck of the woods a few times and we'll try to get over to their neck of the woods. So. Uh, looking forward to uh, talking to coach here in just a minute. Anything else happening that you want to get uh, you want to get out there before we uh, bring the coach on? Well, sure. I mean, this time of year where we start to see, you know, news about next season and what teams are doing to prepare for next season. We know that uh, Utah, uh, our friends at Utah Hockey, uh, the Utes, they usually put on t uh, a golf fundraiser, and they announced that uh couple weeks ago they're going to be doing their 12th annual utah hockey fundraising golf tournament at the uh, stonebridge golf club and uh, so this will be on the 22nd at 1 30 p.m uh in the stonebridge golf club at west valley uh, utah uh early bird registration pricing ends may 30th there's going to be it's, uh let's see it's each threesome can select a current hockey player or have one assigned to complete the foursome so that's cool there'll be an opening social with advertising appetizers and beverages beginning at 12 p.m. There'll be a shotgun start at 1.30 p.m. Uh, there's prizes for first, second, third, and, and the last place teams get a prize, so that's cool. Um, additional prizes given for longest drive, longest putt, closest to the pin, best dressed uh, foursome, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, so you can get... Oh, uh, come on now. If we play in that, we win that. Best dressed? Oh, yeah. You know it. The guys from, uh, from the Great West College Hockey Podcast win that one. <laughs> yeah. And I think UNLV's uh, done similar uh, in the past too, and uh, so that's we see what some of those foursomes dress, and that's pretty cool. But, but yeah, some great uh, some great prizes, um, and you can get your photo taken by the Utah hockey photographer. So they they put a lot into this. You can also get sponsorship a whole. Um, so that's going to be September twenty second. So if you're up in that area or can be in that area, make your uh, plans to 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 do that. But you got to register early bird registration by uh, May thirtieth for that and then there's, there's and, and there's a lot more information about this if you go to the utah hockey uh, website uh for that and speaking of that we go to unlv right here in las vegas because the uh, skating rebels also announced their their uh, golf thing is going to be coming up here and it's going to be in in august so you have the one in august uh this is the seventh annual unlv rebel hockey golf classic um registration for that ended on may 9th so I, you may still be able to get Get into that with them. You just check with the guys over at UNLV Hockey to see if you can. Uh, but I always know that it fills up pretty fast. So uh, certainly the, the sponsorships do and stuff. So uh, make sure you check that out. And there's more information on the UNLV Rebel Hockey website. But it's going to be at Lexington at Revere Golf Club. I believe this is the second year they're doing it there. They had done it at Bears Best in the past. But they're, I believe this is the second year they're doing it at, the, at Lexington at Revere Golf Club. And similar stuff to the Utah one, they'll be 
prizes and awards and stuff, food and drink as well. So, uh, so that one's on August 26th. And these these sort of events are always great because you've got um, gives a chance for these teams to raise money for for these programs, which we know, of course, how important that is at the ACHA level for these teams to have um, these sort of events, fundraising deals to to help raise the funds for the, for the cost of an ACHA season. Um, UNLV's got some big big plans this season. Obviously, no, hopefully another trip to the national tournament, but they're going to have a trip to Alaska and back this year, so I'm sure that's going to cost a few bucks and some other trips they might be taking throughout the season that we don't know about yet with their schedule. So, um, Plus all the other costs and stuff associated with, with running this program or with Utah in addition to the, what the players contribute and other things. So, Plus it's a nice way to get golf a good round of golf in. Both, both places are good places to get some golf in in August and September. Okay, I'm headed over to Arizona tomorrow. My friends at PXG Golf, if you're listening, this is a great time for you guys to jump on board as partners. There's summer golf before the hockey season starts in, and we know how uh, the uh, the hockey players like to play golf uh, in their free time. So, yeah, good stuff. It's important to uh, to raise funds. Uh, what's that that uh, favorite line of mine, Stephen? Uh, always got to stay relevant. If you stay relevant, you stay um, on top, if you will. And that's how you build your program and all of the teams. I think that we cover are very good at staying relevant. So, uh, we're excited about that. Uh, there'll be other fundraisers. People will be talking about them. We'll be bringing people on to talk about it. Uh, tonight though, we're talking all San Diego state Aztec hockey because, uh, approved to make the jump to ACHA D one. It's not an easy jump, especially when you're way out West because the, uh, the teams, um, are a little spread out. So, uh, your budget's a little bit more, you got to make some travel. So, uh, um, let, let's not wait around with the coaches here. Let's bring on the assistant coach from San Diego state, uh, Clark Oliver with us. So coach, you got Scott and Steven with you. How are you tonight? I'm, uh, I'm doing very well, gentlemen. I appreciate you guys having us on and, uh, very much appreciate your excitement around the program. Um, obviously it, you know, being new this year for us moving up, um, having the support of you guys and, and people like you means a lot to us. And I got to say, I heard quite a bit of talk about uh, the weather and um, <laughs> I don't mean to rub it in, but it's uh, it's a beautiful, perfect San Diego day, 73 and sunny and not a cloud in the sky. So uh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, you know, triple digits out where you guys are. I'm, I'm on my way. I'm on my way to San Diego yeah. right now. <laughs> 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 well, coach, coach, you know, I just came from Laguna Beach and that wasn't too bad either. It was about 75 there uh, on my day off on Monday, if you call it a day off. We never take day off in this business, but great to have you on. Uh, we traded in Coach Bateman for you. So I, I think so far it's been a really good trade. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I'll make sure I let him know you said that. <laughs> or uh, I'm sure he'll listen to this after the fact, so I'm sure I'll hear about it later. But uh, no, I mean, I, you know, I got to be honest, before we start, um, you know, Phil is, has been really the reason the program has taken off the way it has. Um, I've actually been on the bench with him. Uh, I was shooting him texts back and forth today. Uh, it'll be our 10th year together on the bench. So um, he and I have been uh, kind of a, a duo together for quite some time. But, you know, he's really, really done a phenomenal job putting us on the map and, and really trying to get us advanced to where we are today. Coach, as you know, I, I kind of let into it a little bit. It's it's a big jump from ACHA D2 to D1, not only competition-wise, but also 
scheduling-wise because, uh, as we know, out here in the West, there's not many ACHA D1 teams. So almost anywhere you go, you're going to travel. And anybody that you bring to you, you're going to have to make them travel. So uh, how's it been going setting up the schedule for this uh, upcoming year? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny you ask because uh, I was trying to think, you know, obviously, you know, we've been going back and forth uh, already. And uh, our schedule is pretty much done less, uh, I think, four games. So uh, we're going to easily meet that 20-game quota uh, that we have to play uh, Division One, And, and it's, it's also funny you mentioned the travel aspect, right? Because um, it makes it a little easier when you're telling guys to come to San Diego in December and January and February. Um, you know, it's a little bit more enticing to come out West. So, uh, you know, I think not only that, but, but the excitement, you know, Hey, what they even have ice out there in San Diego. I mean, I was born and raised in San Diego, um, grew up playing here until I was 18. And, uh, you know, that was the first question I got when I, you know, people found out I was a hockey player. Oh, do you have ice out there? You guys know, that's crazy. Is it even cold enough? And I'm like, well, you know, it's an ice rink. So, uh, typically it's, you can, can freeze water anywhere, you know, but, um, if they yeah, could do it here in Las Vegas at 110 degree heat, then they certainly could do it in San Diego. You know, you're not wrong. So I, I think that uh, I think that lends in our favor, right? Being a being a bit of a destination. So um, again, we've got almost all of our games scheduled. Uh, and and the other interesting thing too, you know, Phil and I have talked to uh, to quite a few of the other coaching staffs around the league and and in the ACHA and and kind of discussing, you know, hey, what's the jump like? What are the some of the, the things you need to mitigate as you move forward. And the biggest thing was good luck getting home games. And I think, I don't know for sure. Again, I think part of these, these last four are going to have a piece of that, but I want to say we've got 14 home games this year uh, as our first year in division one, which uh, to us is, is amazing. And, and from what we hear from other programs is pretty unheard of. So uh, we're, we're really excited to kind of bring it home and, and have the student section there and, Kind of get a little rowdy over there, so we're excited. Yeah, that takes a little bit of that takes a, that that takes some padding on the back because I, I'm just recalling the last couple of teams like when UNLV and and uh, GCU kind of started up at at the D1 level. Um, it it took them a couple of years before they, they you know they had to go on the road a lot because teams didn't necessarily want to come out this far west to play in those places until you know they kind of established themselves but it sounds like you guys are and like i said maybe part of this the destination san diego not a bad place to be in december that you can get these teams that have been around and you guys are new in the d1 that they'll still want to come out and play you guys and and, and provide you with some home games yeah no you're absolutely right i mean uh, uh i i can't say enough and and honestly the funny thing that we talk about too uh contextually we don't really have any idea right we this is our first season uh d2 you know you're just driving to la a couple weekends and and for you know if we're lucky enough we'll be able to go um you know play asu or get out to uh, gcu with their division two teams get out to colorado play out there play denver um so you know we we did a lot of that um but yeah those trips up to la and back on a friday night aren't going to be uh are they going to be a thing of the past thank goodness because that traffic is a nightmare I love it. I love it talking about LA traffic. Well, you were uh, just in California, yeah. Scott. There, how bad was the traffic there? <laughs> yeah, I, I got lucky though. I traveled at the right times. Like, there's something about coming home from Ontario to uh, Laguna Beach at at midnight that's uh, quite a bit better. <laughs> 
Yeah, hard to find the traffic at midnight, but uh, I'm sure if it can be found, <laughs> L.A. is the place. So uh, I hear you. Okay, so so let me ask you this. Um, we talked to Coach Powers a lot, and, and he's done a great job uh, transitioning to NCAA hockey. And I think this year he has like 24 of 36 games at home. Uh, again, it's it's one of those things where who doesn't want to go to Tempe, Arizona in the middle of winter and right, uh, that, right. brand new, that brand new building and such. But um, he also told me, uh, Clark, that when he built the schedule, especially last year, he built it in three phases. One that he thought were maybe teams that he, he could beat, uh, maybe teams in another third that were equal to his or maybe, you know, middle of the road. And then he took some, a third of the roster or the schedule, I should say, and turned it into uh, the top dogs, the ones that could make some wear, wear in the, you know, pairwise for NCAA hockey. But did you guys take that into consideration at all? Or were you just looking to get uh, 20 plus games at the ACHA D1 level? I, I got to admit, it's probably a combination of all that, right? But um, if if I'm being honest, Phil and I had lots of come to Jesus meetings about that, right? You know, do we do we want to go after some big dogs? Do we want to see where we are? And, and then again, going back contextually, are, are the guys that, you know, we're fortunate enough to have, uh, you know, recruited here and, and come in and actually obviously get into the school, um, you know, is that going to make us competitive at, at Division One? And and so uh, I think the initial thought was, hey, let's try and get 20. You know, you kind of start there, right? That's, that's kind of the barometer. Let's get 20 no matter who it is. Um, and then, you know, again, conversations we had, you know, do we want to go after UNLV? Do we want to see if we can get somebody else who's kind of at the top? Um, and, you know, I, I mean, I say go after very loosely, obviously, because, um, you know, until we get on the ice and, and see where we do rank with some schools like that, uh, I, I think it's it's really just uh, a coin flip. You know, it, it just really depends on on the quality of, of athlete we get in the in the school. So, uh, you know, I, again, I, I got to, again, commend Phil for his efforts because he really did set the entire schedule himself and reached out to teams and and did a lot of the coordination but I, I think as as we went through the process our main goal was really get to 20 get some good teams right play against some teams that we think you know either are going to mop us up or, or at least make it a, a close competitive game um, and then yeah I mean I, again contextually we don't really know right we you could say a team that was you know, at the bottom of the league on the west side of the, the U.S. here, you know, oh, maybe we'll go in there and, you know, beat them two to one. We might beat them five nothing. You know, it's just it's going to depend on on how we prepare and how we, we get the guys ready to go and, um, you know, how good of a night we're going to have. So I I couldn't really say it's one of those three phases. Um, I, again, I think it was kind of a, an amalgamation of all of them and, and trying to to get the games in and, and try and stay competitive early on in, in our uh, adventure to division one. So when you, uh, when you look at how this season's going to transpire and, and uh, to me, it seems like it can be, but a bit fun because you, there's not really a lot of expectations that you're setting for yourself yet. I mean, other than, you know, you want to compete and, and see where you guys are coming into a division one, but you know, when you have some of these other teams that are, always competing for top spots in the in the rankings and and always jockeying for for national tournament and, and they go through the grind of a season there's there's some teams have more heavier expectations than other teams and and some you know it's fun in that way too but but how fun is it going to be this upcoming season because you kind of get this first honeymoon period of of just playing the season out putting this team together and going out there and seeing what you 
you guys can do on the ice and see where you guys compete against the UNLV or some other teams that you might have that have been at the Division One level for a few years. Yeah, I mean, I'll be pretty transparent with you. We're not looking to get get out there and, and get pumped every night. So, you know, I think I, I think uh, we want to be competitive. But, yeah, there's a there's a huge excitement level there because um, we could go out and, and beat some teams that we, you know, have no business being on the ice with. Uh, or, or we can go out there and really set the bar high for the program right away. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's really, really exciting because, you know, one of the first – obviously the first team in California – uh, with us in Oregon being, you know, the first two on the on the proper West Coast, uh, it, yeah, I mean, I, I you can't help but be excited and and feel that intensity and excitement in the locker room and when you're talking about it with the team and and the players. So, uh, I think you know also the the interesting thing for us is the excitement in San Diego, right? I mean, the moment people ask or find out that I I coach the hockey team, they say, oh, we didn't know we had a program. And so, you know, we directed the website, talk about the fact that, you know, we're going uh, ACHA Club Division One. And I mean, I mean, there's a lot of excitement with people that are either alumni or hockey fans, um, you know, trying to work with uh, the goals down here, trying to work with the junior reign, you know, really building hockey in San Diego. And, and hopefully we can be kind of one positive arm of that. You know, Coach, uh, when we had Coach Orr on from from Oregon, uh, I asked him a lot about. I, I seen your social media. You're like putting, you know, heavy duty lineup out there. And he goes, "Well, that w- that was our our goal by design. We wanted to let people know that uh, we were bringing in some talented players, and we were serious about it, and we wanted to be recognized as uh, a force, even if it is our first year. Is that kind of the way you guys are thinking about it too? Is you want to uh, you want to let people know that hey, we're not just here to uh, to be a patsy. We're here to be a competitor." Yeah, as I said, you know, we don't want to be a doormat, but, um, you know, at the same time, I think, you know, again, transparency with you guys, it, San Diego State is a is a phenomenal university, and I want to say I'm pretty sure it was around 108,000 applicants that we got for this school year, um, and, and being a club program, uh, it, it makes it a little difficult, right? We don't have a ton of pull with admissions. We can't handpick guys. We can't give scholarships, so you know, that, that makes it a little bit more difficult to say, yep, this guy's in, he's on the team. Uh, so uh, I would say we would love to do that. And, and we've actually hired, um, I hired, I say that loosely, but we've brought in some interns that are students that are equally as excited about the advancement of the program to kind of help with some of that media and, and outreach and stuff like that. So, you know, I think as we get closer to the season and we get some more confirmation of, of some of the uh, student athletes that are getting in, uh, I think you'll see that push from us. Um, but you know, I, I, if I'm being honest too, I don't mind being a sleeper, right? I think that's kind of cool. If, if people don't really know what we've got or, or who we are or, or what the product looks like until they get out on the ice with us, I think the, uh, the art of deception is, is sometimes beneficial in hockey. And, um, you know, I, I'm just looking forward to it, to be honest with you guys. I, I just think it's such a cool thing and, and we've worked so hard for so many years, uh, to get to this point that, that I think, um, you know, we, we just want to put a good product out there and, and let the uh, let the guys on the ice do the talking. Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you this, because uh, at the start of the show, I said a lot of people told Stephen and I and uh, my co-host on the NCAA side, Paul Hornstein, uh, that, man, hockey's in trouble with the pandemic. It's a good reason for, for schools to just let it go. It's too expensive. There's not enough support. Um, we heard all of that stuff. I'm sure you did as well. Um, but 
all of a sudden it's exploded. You look at NCAA hockey. I mean, uh, they list right now seven independent schools, uh, some websites. I, I don't believe it's quite that many yet, but um, and places are thriving and, and places like Anchorage have uh, resurged their program. Robert Morris came back and was resurgent. Um, so I'm guessing that that's not something that's going to hold you guys back in the least. No, I don't think so. Um, you know, first of all, it is, it's super exciting to see the game grow. Uh, again, being a kid from San Diego, uh, I got kind of indoctrinated around the San Diego Gulls and when they were in the IHL and um, the West Coast Hockey League and now in the American Hockey League, right? So uh, I think I've always been a hockey fan. And, and the interesting thing that not a lot of people know is that San Diego is actually a pretty big hockey town. Um, you know, I mean, when the goals were playing the IHL, the, the sports arena, I think it's 12,000 fans, they would sell it out pretty regularly. And, and I don't know if you, I mean, I would imagine you have because of your ties with the, the Colorado team, but, um, you know, we were breaking attendance records the first, I want to say three years, uh, the goals were in the American hockey league. So, uh, it's, it's kind of a sleeper, uh, underrated hockey town in San Diego. And, and, you know, the, the other effort that we've tried to put or, or emphasize with the program is with the school internally, right? Talk about the great things that we're doing. Talk about how we're growing the program. Talk about the fact that we're moving up to division one from division two. Um, so it's, there's a lot of education that needs to take place. And, and I cannot underestimate or understate that enough that, you know, it's, it's kind of like you have to do self-promotion, right. Or advocate for yourself because um, you know, we've got many, many club programs at San Diego state and, and to their own admission, our, our uh, associated students um, will say that we're, you know, the premier club program. We get fans, we get revenue, um, our games are a lot of fun, and, and we get that kind of external community outreaches too, and, and we get those additional fans that aren't just students. So um, I, I don't think we've felt any of that, uh, quite the opposite. I think people are excited about it. So uh, I think you're spot on. I think there was, you know, maybe some concern from from other people but i think the game itself is is in a really good spot and, and particularly here in san diego okay i got three points now and and steven is over here he's not gonna be able to talk for a minute because uh, i'm gonna hog the show <laughs> okay go for it all right all right first things first we got this little jar here that every time you say club we make you put a quarter in it so start ponying up no more club talk you guys okay, are hockey you players. You're hardworking hockey players. That's why we changed the name of our show to the Great West College Hockey Program because uh, we think you guys are way more than club hockey. If anybody's been around um, and seen what you guys do, uh, it, it's anything but that. So anyway, congratulations on that part of it. As for the San, Diego, uh, San Diego Gulls, I'll tell you how, how good you draw. I have to beg and plead to get in there as a media member because there's barely a seat. So when I'm coming over there, I better have a darn good reason to be in there or I'm not yeah, even no going to get in. Uh, yeah, so that's no another one. And the second thing of it is, or third point, I guess, being, um, you know, Coach Powers talks about about his program and, and how he advanced and everything. And one of the things he told us a couple of Tuesdays ago on the show was um, they're going to be a revenue sport at Arizona State this year, which means that there will be no cost to the university for them to play hockey. Uh, that's how far they've come from ACHA D1. H how closely do you guys look at that and go like, hey, uh, a couple, because I know at the University of Arizona, they're getting a new building, and I know they're looking at 
two years worth of revenue to see what that what that's doing. I know Oregon is. I know UNLV is. Are you guys also kind of keeping one eye over on Arizona State to see how much money they can generate? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, look, who who doesn't want the opportunity to become an NCAA team, right? And and again, if you if you don't have or if you don't set or have goals for yourself, you don't really have anything to work towards, right? So obviously that's a goal for us. It's been a goal since, you know, Phil and I joined the program. Now, again, when we joined, you know, seven odd years ago, did we think that that was realistic? You know, I don't know. But now, again, as we kind of build these relationships, we see how ASU is doing. Um, we see how the sport has kind of moved west. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't help but kind of take a look and, and take stock in that. And again, looking at how the goals are doing, right? I, I think that that's a, a high priority for us in terms of showing the school and, and the programs, you know, the, the athletic program, hey, listen, we have an opportunity to do something really cool here uh, and we're not going to be sucking from the budget. So, you know, we might actually be in the positive. Uh, and again, just kind of showing the feasibility of, of the program and, and hockey at San Diego State uh, means a lot. And, and I think you're right. If we if we'd, we would be remiss to not pay attention to some of the other schools that have uh, done the same thing recently. All right. I want to ask you about you talked about the uh, the students and their and you know at San Diego State and, and from what I know just from the basketball and the football programs and they're you know seeing the games there when they play UNLV or you know playing in the Mountain West and stuff and just seeing you know the game at the you know VA Haas Arena there in San Diego where the basketball team plays or or you know the football team whether they come here or they're away that the, the the students at San Diego State really love their sports so. You know, how nice is we able to maybe try to feed off of that as you guys are now moved up another step at this at this level. And as you've talked about the passion of hockey with the goals fans and, and maybe even the Ducks, because I know that the Anaheim Ducks are, are big can be big down and I know their games get aired down there in San Diego as well on, on Valley Sports and just just the all of that as you guys are now making this climb and just you know, helping to feed off of that as you guys start up at this division one level. You know, we already do. Uh I can't I can't stress enough how awesome it is to have the student support. We probably get, and again, we don't really do a, a phenomenal job of, of paying attention to how many students and or fans we get in the building, uh, at least not at the moment. I'm sure we will next year, but I would say we get between, you know, 350 and 400 students a game. And they, uh, you know, being a goalie myself and, and playing in some rowdy, uh, rowdy barns, it, it makes a big difference when uh, you've got a good crowd for the home team. And I'll tell you what, some of those goalies the last few years, uh, I would not, I would not enjoy being them because we had students, you know, four or five people deep behind the goalie. And uh, it, it was a lot of fun and, and they really provide a lot of energy. Unfortunately, uh, I love our, the Croc Center. It's arguably probably the best arena in San Diego, uh, potentially, you know, Southern California, certainly the, the facility and the ice, unfortunately, we, you know, not from a, a uh, spectator standpoint, we don't have any stands. We have small stands, but nothing that's significant enough to really make a big deal. But, um, you know, they pack it in and, and it, it gets real loud in there and it's a hell of a lot of fun to, uh, to be on the bench for that, for sure. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to play a little, uh, uh, I don't know, mind reader. I'm going to say that when you played, you wore number 39. Yeah, good, uh, good catch there. Yeah, I, 
Yeah, I sent you a text because I saw what episode number it was, and I said, "Man, what is what are the chances that it's episode 39?" Yeah, I mean, I I always grew up being 39. I quite frankly watched Dominic Hasek play, and and he just blew my mind with the way he would stop the puck. And and my adage as a as a goaltender and the way I coach goaltenders is, I don't really care what you look like as long as you stop the puck. And I think there was no better individual that did that than Dominic Hasek. So. Um, yeah, I was always 39 when I could be, when I played juniors, I was 31 and one. And so I, I couldn't get back to that number, but yeah, that was, that was always my number for sure. That just shows you the kind of research that, uh, Scott does for, for these shows. Impeccable, <laughs> impeccable research. Impeccable. <laughs> or just pure luck sometimes too. <laughs> or sometimes I get it texted to me and it's real easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, Okay, so so let's dig into your your playing and coaching career. Uh, you said you grew up in San Diego, and now I'm sure you've seen over the years, uh, Clark, that there's been a lot of uh, great players making it all the way to the NHL and making a mark in the NHL uh, from the great state of California. So, how much have you seen change over the years? Oh man, it's unbelievable. It's it's so cool. You know, again, as I said, you know, when I was a kid, it was oh, you play hockey? Do they have ice out there? To now, it's you know, you got Thatcher Demko, you got Tyler Moy, you got some of these players that came out of San Diego that uh, are really making a name for themselves and, and showing that, hey, just because it's California and more, even more specifically Southern California doesn't mean you don't know how to play hockey. And and I think it's it's uh, it's evolving the game in a way that, you know, it's, it's not just Minnesota and Wisconsin and Boston and all these other places, right? I think it's, um, it's growing the game all over the place and, and showing that, Hockey's a sport for everybody and anywhere, and that's the the most enjoyment that I get out of that and seeing the game change because the game gave so much to me and and I and it really made me the person that I am today, quite honestly. And and I try and impart that and, and make that as much about me as a coach as I possibly can. So I, I love that that the game's all over the place now, and it and it really means a lot. Well, I'll tell you, um, hockey players are a special breed. Uh, I, you know, I I go way back a number of years, uh, about double the years of Stephen. But anyway, when I go back and I think about um, all the all the times that I played, and uh, the other night I watched the Colorado Eagles play Ontario, and the Eagles clinched uh, the round, uh, second round of the uh, Pacific Division, and I had a chance to go down to the locker room, and I saw so many different bags of ice on different parts of the body that I had almost forgotten because of the pandemic, the, the locker room stuff was off limits for a while, right. for a couple of years. But man, I, it just brought back uh, memories to me. I'm going like, man, everybody, even if the guys say I'm doing okay, are still putting a, an ice bag somewhere. Um, and I'm guessing that's the same way with your roster, right? It's ice bag hockey. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I, and, and I want to go back to a point you made about, you know, saying club all the time. Right. And, and I guess I'm just accustomed to saying that because being in San Diego, when you talk about hockey, people say, Oh, it's, especially when you say division one, oh, are you NCAA or are you varsity? So I have to kind of qualify that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, but to that point, what, what we see a lot and, and certainly when we first started coaching, right. And, and now that we've gotten a little bit more competitive and, and doing really well, I think, you notice that kids that come from high school or juniors or whatever it is, you know, they, 
they honestly look at it as club hockey, right? And they're, oh, you know, it's going to be fine. I don't need to warm up. I'll be, I'll just cruise out there and toe drag everybody and go bar down and go home and drink some beers, right? So uh, I think when they get on the ice and they start playing and they see the speed and they feel the speed and they see the opponents they're playing against, they say, oh, nope, this is, uh, this is college hockey. This is a big deal. And that's one thing that Phil always, 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 always tries to remind these guys is like, listen, at the end of the day, you're playing college hockey. There may not be anything after this for you guys, but you're wearing your collegiate team's jersey with that crest on the front, and it means something. You're playing college hockey. You're doing a big thing, um, and it's it's really cool, right? And, yeah, I mean, guys are getting beat up. We, you know, our, they keep our training staff busy, and, and depending on who we're playing, we might keep uh, the other training staff just as busy with our physicality. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's – it's proper hockey. I love man. that it's, part. It's no joke. I love that part. I love that part. I'm, I'm imposing your will as it will be. <laughs> yeah, I've I've always been really proud of our teams. Um, you know, we we haven't always been the biggest. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think I, you know, five ten ish was probably our uh, our average height, and you know, maybe one seventy something as as a weight would go. Uh, over the last couple of years, we've gotten a little bit taller and a little bit wider, which has been really nice. Um, but what I will say is we've never had a team that backs down from physicality. They never they never shy away with it. And, and quite frankly, they kind of say, all right, you want to play that game? We can play that one, too. We got it all. So it's it's been really cool. And, and I you know, we've got a good group of guys on our team. And, and we have, again, since we've been here. So I'm really, really excited to see what we can put on the ice next year. Well, me personally, at 5'8", 155, when I played – um, everybody was big. <laughs> yeah, I bet. But, I, but, bet. I, but I was no can, monster myself. <laughs> but if you can find spots on the ice, the open ice, uh, you can flourish, and, and I'm sure that's what we're going to see. Um, talk a little bit, if you can, about uh, – well, before I get to the players, I want to ask you a little bit, can you tease our, your schedule a little bit on where you're going and, and who are some of the big names that you're going to play, or is that not allowed at this point? I mean, I'm I'm sure it's allowed, and I knew you were going to ask. And and I, the last time I asked Phil to kind of fill me in on the schedule, it was months ago, and I couldn't even give any big names. I know we are going back east for a, for a showcase tournament, which is really exciting. We're going to play an outdoor game um, against a few uh, a few schools out there. Um, we're trying to get the Arizona schools, so I think those are going to be the big ones. And as I said, those last couple of games, we're we're trying to fill those in. Um, we are going to Utah. We're going to Colorado. So. I mean, we're going to play. Oh, that's a pretty good tease schools. right there. That's right in our yeah, wheelhouse. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're going to – exactly. You will not uh, You will not, not see us at some point this season. So, um, And I'm sure you know he's on the schedule as well. Um, I think they are. Uh, again, I, I wish that I had better intel for you. I'm almost positive they are. But, again, you talk about those schools that, that you want to try and match up against. Obviously, they're very close and very good. And – and that's going to be a good barometer for us, right? You know, I mean, they are kind of the bar. And so, hey, let's see where we land underneath, at, or below. So, um, you know, I think we're, we're really trying to do our best to, to play as many teams and, and as many skill levels as possible. And, again, that's not an indictment on the players or the staff or anything like that. It's just, well, let's see where they were last year and, and see if we can't, uh, can't compete. So, yeah, I knew you were going to ask me, and I feel like a real dummy because I don't don't have the answer for you. But um, I will I will be sure to follow up so you can then let your listeners know next episode. That's why you just you just te- you know you just teasing it. You know, just you know in the business they stay tuned, right? I mean, we don't we'll just wait wait to see uh, 
do you guys know officially when when it might be released out on online or officially to the to the public? I don't think we'll release it until we have all the games slated or at least all the weekends covered. Um, I know we want to get something out, you know, this month, next month. Um, so I would be I would be on the lookout in June for sure for this for the schedule. Okay, so so let me ask you this, uh, Clark, because I see a lot of um, teams. Uh, you know, I cover seven now NCAA teams and um, a dozen just about AHL teams. And um, with you guys in Oregon, that'll be twelve ACHA teams. And one thing that I've noticed. Well, let me let me back up a step. I'll preface this: last year from uh, April third until May third, I went on the road um, and I looked at. A variety of different levels of hockey from um, the USHL All-Star Game to uh, the under 16 or under 18s in Texas and the NCAA tournament in Pittsburgh that year and uh, AHL hockey uh, and ECHL hockey. I saw them all. And one thing I came away with was from age 16 to 24, I thought the level of play was extremely tight. Um, it used to be there were big differences, but there really wasn't. The, the strategies, the systems all seemed to kind of mesh together. So that being said, off the ice at ACHA D1, what I've also noticed is that teams start to travel now, and I have a hard time telling whether it's the NCAA team or the ACHA D1 team because uh, they look like a unit, they prepare like a unit. Um, I'll use UNLV as an example. They went out to the Chicago Classic last year, and uh, they arrived a day early. They got practice in. Uh, they got accustomed to the time change. And uh, they went out and won the tournament. Um, so I'm guessing it, that's going to be a little bit of a change from, from D2 to D1 as well. Yeah, and what, what I try to preach uh, is really it's an evolution, right? I mean, coming from Division two to Division one, you're going to see things are going to have to be different. And, and the other big buzzword is professionalizing the organization and, and yeah, making bingo. it, you know, making it walk the walk as much as we talk the talk. Right. So, you know, even small things like game management, right. Having somebody with a, with a timesheet talks about when things are going to happen, when we hit the ice, when warm-ups are, when an ice cut is all, all that sort of stuff. I mean, even little things like that are, are things that we're starting to implement now. So when we do start the season, we're ready to go. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. It's it's funny when Phil and I watch video, we, we have a hard time really gaining, again, con contextually, you know, how fast is this? How, what, what are we looking at here? And I think that goes to your point, right? It's hard to differentiate. I think at different levels, I mean, we've got uh, some guys from the USPHL, NCDC, uh, NA3HL, uh, and then some, you know, good Minnesota high school kids that, that come out here for school and, and obviously knowing Minnesota high school hockey, there are no slouches. And, and so, you know, you have really high expectations and then you, you get the guys in the ice and you see where their skill set lies and you do, do what's best and what, what system fits our team. And, um, you know, we obviously like most, co most coaching staffs have, uh, have a direction that we like to go and then we tweak as we get there. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really refreshing to get the quality of athlete on the ice that we get and, uh, and just go after it. You know, I think it's, it's really fun to see how good the players are from all over the country at, at all, you know, true freshmen guys that played juniors for a couple of years. I mean, 
it, it's, it really is just dependent on, on what you're looking at. And, and yeah, I think it's, uh, it's awesome to see that, that parody across the, uh, the sport. Okay. I know Steven wants to ask you about players, but uh, before we get to the players, one more thing I want to ask is we talked about the student involvement. We talked about the players and the coaching staff and people around the program. But um, when you talk about the community and obviously this can't be done without uh, sponsors and partners and, and corporate people, how, how is that being received? Is that as well as uh, the, just a general fan? It, it depends. Again, as I said, it's, it's really about the education, right? I, I think the, the opportunity is there. I think the engagement is there. It's just educating some of these corporations about the program. Hey, no, we have a hockey program. Nope. We're pretty good. You know, that sort of stuff. Right. And, and helping them see the value in, in partnering with us. And, and we do have a couple of corporate sponsors this year, which is really exciting. And we certainly want to get more. I mean, to, you know, I heard you guys talking a little bit about, uh, the corporate sponsorships that uh, that the youths are doing and things like that, right? So um, we want to get to that level and we want to put on golf tournaments and do all those great things as well. But, um, you know, again, it's, as I said, it's an evolution, right? It's it's not going to happen overnight. And, and I think uh, obviously success helps with that. So if we put a good product on the ice, I think the, uh, the sponsorships will follow and we just got to be prepared for that. But just make sure you let people know that you were a guest on the Great West College Hockey Podcast. That should get you 100%. a bunch right there. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, PXG. If you're listening, we uh, we have a lot of golf here in San Diego. We'd love to have you. Uh, I will tell you that I, I know that road because uh, it took me, uh, Clark. I bet um, the better part of four years just to prove to people that I was a viable person to have in the media and to get a credential and. Now I'm starting to finally pay off, and it's fun to walk into buildings now where people know who I am. I'm, uh, I'll just give you a quick example. I walked into Ontario uh, the other night, and a, and a guy came up to me with a camera that was shooting pictures for Ontario and goes, hey, I, I think I know you. You're, you're from Ice Time Hockey, right? And I'm like, yeah, how do you know me? And he goes, well, I, I saw you uh, on a broadcast at the Colorado Eagles game along the glass taking pictures, and then I had to track down your website and find out what you were doing. So yeah, it, it, it can actually happen. This is going to be year seven for us. So um, it, it is an evolution, and I think you guys are well on the right path. So I'm going to let Stephen jump in and ask you about some of the players that you think are going to make an impact if you can do that. Sure. Hey, Scott, don't worry, man. You're kind of a big deal now, so you just got to be aware. You're the paparazzi are out there. <laughs> oh, don't, don't boost his ego too much here. He won't, he won't be able to. <laughs> uh, so he, he kind of led into – Talk about your roster a little bit. I mean, you know, making this jump to, to the Division One level. Um, how does your how do you foresee the roster looking? I mean, you're gonna have a lot of the the same guys come back, and how does it impact the recruiting this summer and and who you've been able to bring on and as you try to get that roster together for the upcoming season? You know, it's it's interesting, right? When you when you make that transition, obviously you want to bring uh, bring as many guys on as you can and and keep that core. Uh, but but quite honestly, we're you know, we're asking and recruiting all over the place and saying, hey, we'd, we'd love to have you and, and do what we can. So um, we've got I think we only lost two or three seniors this year. Um, so that was really nice. We had a good incoming freshman class this year, which was even better. Um, and and, you know, we've we've got that core. So we're kind of trying to fill in the pieces. I know um, defensively, that's where we're we're really getting a lot of opportunities with recruits coming in. Um, again, I, I say that loosely with any, 
them actually getting into the school and, and being admitted and things like that. So, uh, as far as incoming players, and San Diego I, state's I not an easy school to get into, right? I mean, it's kind of, it's no, kind no, of a tough school, right? Yeah. And our, our admissions window is, is very small, uh, comparatively, you know, some schools have rolling admissions and they'll take you, you know, all the way into this month. Right. And as long as you get your application in, and we just don't have that luxury, unfortunately at state. So, um, you know, the, the incoming guys, I don't want to, don't want to talk too much about, but we've got a, again, a good core, um, some very, very strong offensive uh, players that are coming back. Luke Demarius, Cole Kalowski. Um, I probably just butchered his last name. I always give him a hard time because I can't pronounce it. Um, you know, Ian Stentz is coming back, a Minnesota high school hockey kid. Um, just a really good glue guy, good team guy, uh, but also an offensive guy as well. He does a great job, kills penalties, kind of a does whatever he needs to do, and and he's great to have in the locker room. Uh, but yeah, I mean, our, our forward core coming back is going to be pretty good. Um, and again, if we can get a little in, bit of an influx of uh, of new talent coming in, I think I think offensively we're we're feeling pretty good. Uh, and then defensively, again, you know, we're the, the some of the seniors we lost were defensemen, so that's going to hurt a little bit. Um, but yeah, again, if we can if we can land some of these prospects coming in or recruits coming in, um, we're we're going to be. We're going to be very happy. Let me put it that way. Um, and, and we're excited about it. And, and again, the second you say division one, well, then all of a sudden new avenues and new doors open. So uh, yeah, that was, I was going to bring that up. I'm like, class. since you've, since you've gone to division one, I'm sure the, 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 the phones have just been ringing and people wanting to come, you know, as soon as you make that news that you're going to be at, at division one, I mean, that just all of a sudden changes the game, doesn't it? Oh, of course. And, and you know what else is funny too, right? Is that, there's always the unknowns guys that don't reach out guys that we have no idea about that show up and, you know, could be a, a transfer from Michigan state, you know, I mean like crazy stuff like that happens. I mean, we had a guy one year that played uh, division one football for Michigan came, had no idea he was coming. He's, you know, six, six two sixty, and goes from division one does a, his graduate program at state and plays on the hockey team. So, I mean, it's it, you just never know, and obviously that's at the Division Two level, so it, it'll be a little bit different. But we always have to plan for some unknowns that we just don't know about. We've had some really good opportunities where guys just kind of show up, and we didn't know about it, and they're great hockey players. So, um, I, yeah, I, and again, contextually, I don't really know how much success other programs have in terms of you know recruits coming in and their success with being admitted, or or even if that is a problem, you know, we talk a little bit with the coaching staffs and stuff. And, and I just think with our admissions window and, and how difficult of a school it is to get in, we're just very fortunate and blessed to get the hockey players that we do get. But absolutely. I mean, the second you go division one, you know, Phil's email blows up, my email blows up. Um, it's a, uh, it's, it's really interesting to see just that, just that simple trend. And I'm not, I, I lose that loosely, right. It's not very simple, but just that one aspect of, of, Hey, we're not Division Two or Division One now. All of a sudden, the opportunities are are pretty great. Yeah, totally, totally agree with you on that one. Because, um, and that's the other thing. And and I'll kind of leave you with this one. Uh, we also saw over the pandemic time. I think two things. I think players realize their vulnerability um, to whether they might lose something they really like. It can happen in a snap of a finger that all of a sudden the pandemic hits and you're not playing that game that you love. So I think a lot of players now are going like, 
hey, I better enjoy every minute of this because I don't know, it could be gone instantly. So that's part one. And then part two is um, with the NCAA and ACHA giving additional years to players, uh, it really opened up some doors for a lot of players. I know uh, Paul Hornstein and myself look at the uh, transfer portal a lot for our NCAA side of things, and we can't believe that there's still 200-plus kids in that portal. <laughs> so that has to have a trickle-down effect to uh, ACHA D1, too, I'm guessing. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, again, it, you know, we'll we'll see how that happens. Obviously, transferring is a, is a benefit and, and makes it marginally easier to get into San Diego State. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. It, it can't not have an impact. Um, and you know, the thing that Phil and I always talk about is there's, you know, there's a, there's a seat for every player, right. And, and someone's got to go somewhere and there's just not enough to go around. So inevitably great hockey players are going to land where they land. And, and hopefully that's with us. And, and as I said, you know, it could be the unknowns, right. It could be guys that, Oh, I thought I was going to go here and, and state was also an option. And, Oh man, I got in. So I'm going to go to state and then we don't hear about it until they show up for tryouts. So, um, yeah, I, I can't imagine there won't be a trickle down effect. Uh, what that looks like over the next three, four five years, I think is going to be more telling and, and probably more impactful. Um, but yeah, we're, we're excited. And, and as I said, the, the game is drawing all over the place as well as you guys know. Right. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that, that, comes to uh comes to fruition and, and benefits us over here in san diego coach we certainly appreciate the time i told you this would be a piece of cake we're just a couple of guys that talk hockey so <laughs> it's it's not hard you did a great job tell uh tell phil that he's gonna have to really struggle now to get his name back on the show because you kind of stole it you kind of stole it from him <laughs> so make make him work make him try out for this again will you I will. I will definitely give him a hard time about it. But no, this is a pleasure, guys. I really appreciate you guys having us on. And um, yeah, I mean, hopefully this conversation in a, in a year or two, we can have again and and uh, be talking about bigger and better things. I mean, I could be here for until midnight talking about hockey. So that works for me. But um, again, really appreciate it, fellas. And, and you guys have a great evening and, and safe travels. Well, those travels may very well take me through San Diego. And if I do, I expect to come in and see that Croc Center because I can't wait to uh, to see what's going on over there, okay? 100%. Let us know, and uh, we'll make sure we get you a ticket. Wink, wink. The, 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 bad, the bad news for you right now is I have your text number, so look out. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, no, I'll be, I'll be updating you. The bad news might be for you that I have your number, so you better watch out. Yeah, yeah it could go both ways there, Scott. <laughs> 100%. 100%. All right, that's All right, the folks, assistant coach. Evening. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for San coming State. We, uh, Clark Oliver joining us. We're going to take a quick break. Steve and I will be back in just a couple of minutes to wrap up another episode of uh, the Great West College Hockey Podcast. I'm getting lost here. We haven't done a show in such a long time. I'm, I'm stumbling. Uh, it doesn't normally happen to me. <laughs> I know that usually happens to me, but you're, you're yeah. stumbling. You, you're, you're, the, you're usually infallible. What's going on here? Must be the Vegas air. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back in a few minutes. Play at the premier ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for life and career at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition, and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus with state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty, and over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. Your faith in yourself and your 
beliefs are equally as strong, see if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. any hockey player in the desert southwest and they'll all tell you the same thing we love going to the rink and sandals now you can show off your game in style with summer skates officially licensed summer skates are comfortable washable and can be designed to show off your fandom phil kessel your guy big william carlson fan or is austin matthews the man have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite nhl player or shout out your own game with your own number Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. UNLV Rebel Hockey located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Your hometown hockey team, your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions, your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. From the Summer Skate Studios, this is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Indeed it is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Finally back on a Wednesday when the AHL teams gave us a little break in the action and allowed us to come back in. Scott Strandy with you tonight from uh, the 16th floor of the beautiful Rio uh, Hotel and uh, Suites in uh, Las Vegas as the sun is about to set here in this beautiful city. And uh, 10 feet across the room from me is my co-host, Stephen Marsh. I, I brought him in from, from uh, 
just down the street. <laughs> I said, come in, have some Jesse Ray's barbecue. Let's do this show together in this beautiful suite and, uh, and talk some hockey. So, Stephen, you know what I always say when we have a guest. I hear what the guest says. You hear what the guest says. What did you learn about San Diego State hockey tonight? Well, I think, I think the one thing you learn, of course, is the, the excitement that they have going up to the next level, which is, which is awesome. I think that's, that's what you want. Obviously, they're uh, making this, this jump and, and the, uh, the level of excitement there. And, and, and we've talked about the, the growth of hockey in that area and how much of an impact that has on, on what they've been able to do and, and what they're going to be able to do, certainly with what the goals have been able to do in the resurgence of their time in the American Hockey League again. And, and then, obviously, San Diego State it's, itself, that the, the athletics down there with the other programs and the students there. Um, the one thing I, I didn't even realize until we were talking with them, I think it's important that maybe is tougher for them than maybe is for some other schools. Is it is a little bit tougher to get into into state. I was looking at you know during the the commercial break there during the, the ads there, um, looking up some of the acceptance rates for some of the schools and that we have that are, have ACHA programs and and then you look at San Diego State and and, and to compare here, for example. UNLV right here in Las Vegas. This is, these are from 2020 datas. The acceptance rate is about 81%. So that's pretty high. Almost everybody that applies to go to UNLV gets in one way or the other. 85.1% um, for University of Arizona. Uh, Utah 79.4%. Okay, so then you look at San Diego State, and their acceptance rate is 36.7%. So it's 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 a tough school to get into, which is going to impact, you know, as they're trying to get players to join their team and stuff, they have to go through the admissions process. And, you know, that was one thing we kind of learned is that the, that is a little bit of, of more of a process for that school. Um, so the ones that they get in are going to be, have to be really smart and they have to obviously be able to, to get into the school, which is not easy to do. So then to be able to get players on the, on the team, you have to go through that. So that, that, that's a little bit of a, of a challenge they have to do, but, um, I think they're they're capable of, of doing that, but I think that's that's an important fact too that that it's not easy to get into a school like San Diego State comparably to other teams. So maybe the who they can get on their team is is going to be is going to be a is going to be a challenge. But they're excited for the uh, the challenge that they have, and and I think it's going to be fun to see what kind of team they can get together. Obviously, players they already have on their team, which is almost sounds like their whole team, and and players that they're going to be able to get and just be able to go out there and. And just kind of see where they are and see where they can – obviously, they'll want to compete and they want to win, but they, you know, kind of have this kind of like, well, you know, it's our first year. We don't really – maybe very little expectations or what they might be able to do. Maybe they can, as he said, maybe they can win some games against some good teams. Maybe they'll get blown out of the water, but um, obviously they'll want to win and they'll go with that mindset. But, you know, this this can kind of see where they're going to – where they are. And I think sometimes that's a dangerous – thing for other teams to you have this team in there that doesn't have a lot of expectations i mean you look at and i don't hate to use this as an example because of the situation with the team now but the golden knights in their first season you know nobody expected them to do really anything in their first season look at what they were able to do getting that team together different circumstance sure but but just the not having very much expectations to do anything and they surprise uh everybody so that maybe san diego state can can do a little bit of that yeah, I think that expectation thing belongs to the media and you and I and other people because I think if you go into that locker room uh, in September, you're going to find a bunch of players that think they can win. Uh, I would be surprised if they didn't think they could win a national championship even in their first year because that's how uh, athletes think. 
Uh, us in the media, we try to be more realistic about it. We look at it and we say, ah, oh, you know, here's the deal. You're new. Um, who knows? But um, but, they, but they use us as, as motivation too. You know, they look. <laughs> I think some of the UNLV guys, because I were, you know, I'm close to them. They I didn't pick them to win the national tournament, and they they were, I guess, kind of not happy about that. And I'm, you know, even though I I was trying to be objective, and I, you know, if, if they use that as motivation, then that's that's good. Listen, there is no truth at all to the fact that they had your picture on the wall and they were throwing darts at it. No truth to that I, at all. I, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't in the locker room, so I don't know what they, they had. I can only envision what that what that might look like. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I think what I took away from the conversation, I know we're running a little long, but uh, I love hearing the excitement like you do. Um, I like to hear the vision uh, where he, you know, Coach Oliver says, um, you know what, we'd be, we'd be crazy if we didn't want to achieve something like a NCAA status at some point. Um, dare we call them Harvard of the West <laughs> with that kind of acceptance rate? It, it's not easy, but yet again, um, it, it's a destination. And as they become more and more competitive in the Division I ranks of ACHA hockey, um, I think they're going to be okay. And I think they're going to have a real close eye on uh, teams that are moving up. They'll watch Lindenwood, I'm sure. They definitely have an eye on ASU. And if, if they can become a revenue sport, which basically means the school doesn't pay for it, that they're generating enough revenue on their own. And um, like I, I wasn't kidding. I've tried to get into some San Diego games, uh, some San Diego Gulls games, and they don't have room. Sometimes they'll just flat out tell me, yeah, we'd love to have you, but there's no place for you. So uh, if that's the way it is, and if that's what develops at San Diego State when a good college hockey gets played, um, who knows? I mean, the sky's the limit for the Aztecs. And he, and he was saying, too, that they already kind of feed off of that, the fact that, you know, the goals are there and they're playing. And then you've got, you know, other San Diego State athletics and the, and the students and their passion for the sports down there. And then, you know, the Anaheim Ducks, which are – featured down there in that area. Obviously, the goals are the AHL affiliate of the Ducks, too. So um, they they feed a little bit of that. So now as they make this next move to the next level, uh, it's going to be um, it's just going to be exciting to see what kind of um, excitement they can feed off of that, continue to feed off of that with their um, the third games next season, with the where they play, uh, which is you know, a very intimate atmosphere, it sounds like maybe similar to how City National is and other smaller places like that. And then, you know, maybe they can play some of their games at the at the uh, place where the goals play there, the Pechanga Arena, which I believe they've done in the past. So they have that ability, just like UNLV might have the ability to upgrade here. And we have a new arena here with the Dollar Loan Center. Maybe they can, they'll can they play some games there. And, and just those kind of things can continue to build build your program. If having those sort of facilities and those connections uh, in the hockey world, that's a lot of it, how this business is. Uh, it's a business too, but it's also the game of it too and, and the connections that you have and, and San Diego State and they have the, so maybe set connections down there just like UNLV has, has connections up here in Vegas with, with, with what resources we have here. So it's, it's just all about the building blocks and, and this is just another progression in that, in that stage and it'll be, it'll be see where they are in two or three years and just to see if, where they can be, just like UNLV, you know, they kind of gone in right hot, right, right at the start of the Golden Knights, and that helped. And then, you know, GCU and Utah coming in and, and Division One, and or, or coming in, and they've been for a few years now too. And 
and, and now they're in the league too, just like UNLV, and and just seeing where those teams are getting better. So it's just, and and that just helps helps it all when everybody can can get better. It makes it more competitive. It makes the the health of the ACHA better because you have teams that are leaving ACHA like Lindenwood just did, and you can have teams that are moving up divisions and teams that are coming in and out. So all that helps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if you're you're an ACHA D1 team and that's not looking at playing San Diego State, first of all, what's wrong with you? And second of all, if you're from UNLV, uh, Arizona State, University of Arizona, and you're not putting these guys on your schedule, man, come on, let's let's get it done. I mean, this is how you grow the game in the Southwest, in the West. You, you got to bring these guys in and, and let them know that they're welcome and uh, show them what it takes to, to compete at this level. I mean, we know how good the WCHL is. I think it's still the best conference in, in all of ACHA D1 hockey. I'm sure there's some people that'll fight me for it, but um, that, that, that's, that's okay because I'm, I'm up for the battle as I've found out today. Wait, hey, there was, <laughs> there was four, four teams, four or five teams in the national tournament this year for the WCHL. So that you have a strong argument there about it being the best league or best conference in the, in the ACHA Division One level, and look at the the final four this year of the national tournament. You had two teams from the WCHL in the final four competing against each other, which guaranteed that one was going to be in the championship game, which was Central Oklahoma, and of course went up against the Gauntlet in, in Lindenwood. But now they're moved out. Uh, you know they're going to have a ACHA program still at Division One, but it won't be the same one that just won the tournament, the national tournament. But then look at Central Oklahoma has a couple championships, and and uh, Arizona State obviously. 1-1 when they were at that level uh so with, with, with the team that's now at the NCA level so it's uh it's it's a, it's a it's a fair argument that you make a strong argument for sure that the WCHL is great and maybe San Diego State Oregon makes their way into that at some point if a, another team well, makes that here, jump up or whatever the case may be here's my final comment i know we're running really late but uh i will say that um whether they're in the conference or not at ACHA D1 level I mean, look at a university like Liberty that plays an independent schedule in Minot State that get a chance to get out and play uh, other teams. Well, UNLV did it too for a few. You know, they yeah. did independent, yeah. and, and they, exactly. had strong, they had strong schedules. So you can still get into the national tournament. You can still win a national championship by being an independent. You don't absolutely have to be in the conference. What I do think, though, about being in a conference in ACHA hockey is it's another opportunity to win a trophy. And anytime you can do that, your guys see that, your guys get some pride on it. We see what happens between Arizona State and Arizona every year um, where they go after the uh, the Cactus Cup, and it's a big deal for them. That's the first thing that they want to check off is winning that Cactus Cup from their rival, and then they start worrying about uh, winning a national championship. So um, I, I think uh, San Diego State hockey is going to be just fine. I'm looking forward to having them in the coverage area because I think – it's just going to enhance what we have in the West. And uh, it gives me something to do when I come to San Diego besides go to the beach. As if you, as if you needed something to do other than going to the, the beach because that's a nice thing. But the the rivalry, too, that, that San Diego State has with, with UNLV, just looking at that one real quick, is is really good. So it's, uh, you know, they've, they used to both be at Division Two, and I, I heard that well, those games were always a battle between those two schools. They are when other sports in the 
when they play in the NCAA sports like basketball, football, those two teams and schools do not like each other. Um, so I can only imagine what it's going to be like when these two teams now get to compete at this ACHA level, both at Division One. It's I think there's going to it's going to carry over. The UNLV fans will come. They'll their hatred of San Diego State will be visible at City National when they come through, which will make a very intimate atmosphere. And then same with if they go down to San Diego too. Absolutely. Well said. We will uh, say goodnight for little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers Dinero, while we'll Stephen do his read. And then we'll say a big thank you to the assistant coach at San Diego State University, the Aztecs, ACHA D1 Hockey Club, Clark Oliver, for joining us tonight. From the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast was brought to you by the University of Arizona, ACHA D1 Hockey, a rich history, past, present, and future. By Summer Skates, whether you choose our original red, a custom logo, or our new black shower shoes, show off your game with style at summerskates.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. No one does entertainment destinations better. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, and a world-class education in uh, any of our 300 majors. By M-Drive, real people, real results. Try M-Drive Boost to look and feel your best. Our wonderful pregame meal here tonight, Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Be it a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, this is barbecue, Las Vegas style. Drurian and Sweets, our quality and value have earned us 16 straight J.D. Power Awards. Book your stay at DruryHotels.com. Liberty University, strengthen your faith, your game, and your education at Liberty.edu. And by Burrito Express, authentic Mexican food, fresh from our family recipes with six East Valley locations. The Great West College Hockey Podcast and all the Ice Time Hockey SW Podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Just ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. It's been a pleasure being back in Las Vegas. It's been a pleasure being in Southern California and uh, Northern California next on the agenda as I uh, head towards Stockton here in a few days to uh, to see the Colorado Eagles and the Stockton Heat get things underway. Our thanks again to the assistant coach from San Diego State, Clark Oliver, for joining us tonight. So for Stephen Marsh, Scott Strandy, we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein and uh, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Good night, everybody.